Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so it opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. There's only one place to start on the hurling show today. JJ is here in studio with me and we've Brian Carroll on the line. And that is Leash's brilliant win against Offaly, Brian. We have to absolutely bring that up. Two 13 to 6 points at halftime, I think it was. This was a demolition. This was a last minute goal by Joe Bergen to put a little bit more respectability on on the game. And it's not often. I've, I've started the football show with Leash on a number of occasions. I've never started the hurling show with Leash. So I have to apologise here, uh, Brian. It is the day that we beat Offaly in a more park yeah thanks for that Willie um, <laughs> no appreciating this uh, this lineup you're giving me over the last couple of weeks sewing it into me for Offley but uh, <laughs> unfortunately that's just the way it is at the moment uh, Eddie Brennan very happy obviously big win big derby obviously um, but home advantage actually has tended to have a big bearing on this over the last number of years and Leash now have a chance to go and try and qualify for the quarter final so I think that's a you know, it's a big thing. There's probably a little mini-league going on there between Offaly, Leash and Carlo. And I think Offaly are the big losers last weekend. It looks like they're almost certain um, in the relegation decider. The only bit of hope we have is the fact that we're playing both Leash and Carlo um, away. So that if it comes to the relegation decider, they will have that at home. So unfortunately, that's the only positive I can see out of it at the moment. Right, that's interesting. I didn't know that's how it worked. I, that's a... Uh that's fair enough. I didn't. I didn't. Just because you were drawn away, you'll get the home relegation. I'm going to start protesting this already. Like, I mean, that should. That <laughs> you should. shouldn't have said that, in Brian. But <laughs> Jesus, well, he has a direct line yeah. into Crawl Park, so he has. But you know, he'll get, he'll get his shares oh. overnight. So <laughs> I don't think so. Come here. I want to talk to you quickly, JJ. When you were here about Eddie Brennan, did you expect him to go into management, or you know, how, did you think uh, playing with him that this was was in him to be an intercounty manager? Um, I suppose later, he, uh, the way Eddie as a player, he kind of developed himself. For very, very well like you know he's probably started his career was all about uh, he was kind of a poacher a goal scorer but then you see later on in, in his career especially one of his last years we played we actually put him out on Parkmar to do a kind of man-to-man marking job on him to stop his influence on the game and he had a fantastic game that day and he let on for a hand pass on he ran straight through a hand pass on for, for Richie Hogan but yeah as, as he kind of developed and the more he's developing then the more um, Kind of confidence he had in himself really more, and the more vocal he was getting in the dressing room and everything like that as well. So started start career when I came in first, probably not. But then the way he developed himself as a player and the confidence he got from Carby developing himself, he you could see that he had potential in him already in regarding that. Yeah, he'd be confident enough to go go ahead and, and take over management as well. Like you know what I mean? But again, look, he had a couple of years at twenty ones, and this is a huge step to take over a senior inter county team as well. So he obviously he has the the big job in mind to get back to Little Kenny whenever Brian decides to. Yeah. to have 
leg up there. Henry might have a jump on him yeah, there as yeah, well. A couple of them there, but I suppose like you have to you have to have experience in your garden taking over an intercounty team, and that's what he's doing with Leash at the moment. So yeah, yeah, look, he's he's doing his apprenticeship. He's just using us now here. Yeah. He's using us for an apprenticeship, <laughs> and uh, he he didn't lose his uh, league Sunday job either, Brian. He's done well there, and you're in with RT there now too. You're down in Wexford Park. I I hear yesterday doing Cocom. They tried to rob yeah. Cheddar on me last year as well. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, uh, Eddie, I'm surprised he actually was on it last night. But yeah, no, they kept him on it. But uh, Eddie's doing well enough through the management. But you know, it's amazing, JJ, when you look back at his career, how much he, he developed over the years because he was a, a sniper probably throughout his career, but he was a real, you know, the, the typical corner forward starting out. But towards the latter years, he really added a bit of steel to his game. And uh, I suppose that came from your infamous training sessions inside the Nolan Park <laughs> or wherever. But uh, you know, Eddie wasn't afraid to mix it. Come to come to come come towards the end of the series. Well, able to manage himself. So, but he's a, he's a deep thinker. He, he does think about the game very well and uh, a nice fella. So you know, you, you couldn't but wish him wish him luck as well. Yeah, no, definitely. I think we're lucky to have him at the moment. I don't know. I think when you're a top level hurler, you can't continue on the punditry. But I suppose no disrespect, obviously, to my own county, but Leash wouldn't really be playing the top you know at the top level so he was because ha- usually when man- managers do yeah. give up the punditry when they take over teams don't they JJ yeah I'd say but they were playing the, the leash off the game was, was Saturday night wasn't it yeah so maybe he had the Sunday off so he could actually look at the games that was on that, that particular Sunday because usually they'd be playing the Sunday afternoon and you're trying to look after your own team and then go back and try and watch a couple of games and then do a highlight package you can't do it you know. so maybe just an opportunity came up that he was playing Saturday night and he had the Sunday off so you had to look at the three games that yeah. he had to kind of look up and analyse as well like you know so maybe that was part also, of it also yeah Leaf and the Joe McDonough so later on the year maybe will allow him the opportunity that you know he'll be able to cover the, the Lee McCarthy games uh, be it Leinster or Munster Championship so he will be able to give the odd night to that and he's not really crossing over on his own teams he's going to be coming up against yeah well that's it but when Leash win the Joe McDonough and they get into that all or in quarter final <laughs> well, then it's obviously going to throw a spanner in the works so we have you're, to think we have you're, to you're stirring it already creating a monster here now. Right? down the line come here we, we're going to concentrate on the Limerick uh, Kilkenny game in part two this was Limerick's first win in Nolan Park in 22 years and they bloody did it in style like I mean they won it very very um, comfortably and they were outstanding one quick thing I thought was weird when I was watching the match now I'm obviously football man and I haven't played in Nolan Park I trained there one day but I've no I've no I remember being out on the pitch I don't remember togging in but the Limerick lads ran out the dressing room are at one end yeah. and they're in the middle of one end so the Limerick lads had to run out through the Kilkenny lads warming up to get out into the field and I'm just wondering has this caused problems down through the years JJ there's, it's there's two different um, there's new dressing rooms there at the uh, O'Loughlin's end of, of Nolan Park and there's two different entrances there's um, an entrance to your left and there's an entrance to your right so the home team dressing room is on your left hand side, so they come out the left uh, left hand entrance, and then there's a, an away dressing room there as well, and that's they should come so out the right one. Come out the other so end uh, of the field. Must, that entrance must be locked, and right. then the lads must have had to come out the left hand side. Okay. You know what I mean, but usually the two different entrance and exits for for both different teams as well, like you know. Right. So. Okay. Because Tullamore has that we too. Do, yeah, but will it? No, it's down in the corner. Is, we have manners, yeah, but we have manners in hurling. We don't fall <laughs> carrying on like that. <laughs> Dave, there's a great story about that with Davy Fitz in UL and LIT in um, in Fitzgibbon a few years ago. There was a massive crowd in UL, and uh, Davy landed up with his LIT team and um, pulled up at the side of the road, and the LIT team came in through the bushes. Oh, I heard that. And, yeah. War- yeah, yeah. and warmed up on the UL end, so UL came out as well, and then looked at it, and of course, no one was going to take a backward step. And both teams ended up warming up on one end of the field, <laughs> but uh, but of course Davy of course played dumb and said uh, he was just uh, took that end of the field because it was closest to the road. So any any opportunity he gets to be fair to him. Yeah, and another little strand to that one is who's the manager of UL? Only Brian Lowen and James Davy and Brian don't speak anymore since that. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic. We had we had Brian on the show here. There's no love lost. No, 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 none at all because of that. I wouldn't be arguing with Brian Lowen. I tell you that. Well, I go, to, I go to the other end of the field. It's I no problem. Think, I I don't think David thinks about stuff like no, that. He's, no. such a, he's such a competitor. So that was another thing I saw in the game, which I'd never seen before. And this is winter hurling, and we've we've covered all the winter hurling, the rooks, and all the different stuff. A man stepped on a ball, right. on the ball, and it plugged into the ground like golf, yeah. and like the ball was just stuck in the ground. I'd never seen that before. Is that, is <laughs> no, that no. No. <laughs> you know, and you're in trouble when you're starting walking the ball into the ground. You know, you're on your last legs, but uh, yeah, look, it happens now and again. All right, yeah, right. yeah there has to be a throw in because the ball is stuck in the ground. You can't you can't raise the ball or roll lift the ball out of the ground as well when it's just stuck in it and uh, yeah I've seen it happen there yesterday alright now yeah it's kind of a good back trick now if you're, if you're in trouble now just walking into the ground <laughs> it, 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 it <laughs> rubbed the words on my mouth <laughs> 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 would you 
you ever more do... prevalent in Club Hurling though, Willie, I think the pitches won't be as good as order, so you, you would be used to seeing it in Club Hurling in the yeah. winter. Well, I have to say, I've done it in golf. You'd be walking past your buddy's ball up ahead and he hasn't seen you and you just, you're walking. <laughs> Sorry, you're plugged, buddy. I don't know how to... Play better lies, isn't it? Yeah, so like, I mean, these are all... I learn a lot of these dark arts about about hurling that potentially... Because, Brian, we obviously know we've... Damien Hayes let the cat out of the bag with JJ here. Um, we all thought JJ oh, is this, lies about me. this clean, outstanding, nine All-Irelands, brilliant player. And Damien basically said, JJ, it was just cute he was as dirty as all the rest of him he was just cute the way he's done it and I'm, I'm sure he's walking now, remark, now he's admitting to walking the ball into the ground JJ hit you JJ hit you before you even thought about it <laughs> best man I've ever seen in the air um, bar none I remember uh, marking him one day in Nolan Park you definitely don't remember this JJ but high ball was being cleared maybe the, the cornerback of the offlee was about to clear it and um, I set myself a, a new JJ was beside me and you're a lefty and real hard to catch the ball over a lefty and I said right I'm going to really feel myself and the ball was only midway coming down to here and you buried me with an elbow into the side of the head my ears were ringing all I could hear was a roar of the crowd JJ had to catch the ball right down the field and I'd say about 30 seconds later I'm getting the curly fingers come out it must have been an accident Brian I apologise for that oh yeah just an accident yeah. well, I'm thinking of Brian lying on the ground and just hearing this roar and, no, and knowing exactly what the roar was for uh, Brian <laughs> <laughs> poor corner forward oh, brilliant brilliant so that was his trick a good elbow to the side of the jaw early and that's you hopefully kind of no referees are listening to this podcast now Ray but I won't be able to walk on the field again alright you're nearly retired yeah. alright I'm getting slower doing that as well <laughs> Come here, uh, we gave out about referees a good bit in the Tipperary Clare game with the Tony Kelly sending off and we say they're getting a little bit too uh, whistle happy and I definitely thought they were whistle happy in Nolan Park and in Wexford Park from what I saw but the Nolan McGrath sending off, can you have any complaints for that JJ? Like I mean, for me they look like they did look like two uh, yellow card, stonewall yellow card offences. Yeah but look Mary, if you see what's happened over the last couple of days you have to kind of read what referees are, are going to be looking for, they're going to be looking for a head of tackle and if you give a referee excuse he's going to give a yellow and give a second yellow as well like you know what I mean so again any players that are playing league format over the next two or three weeks probably will get a yellow card for this but again come championship they won't get the yellow cards for it you know what I mean? they won't get sent an off for it so you kind of have to read what the referee is going to actually blow and at the moment head high tackles are a huge thing the hullabaloo over Tony Kelly sending off should be enough for any player not to just kind of sell himself and don't put himself into, into that position but Noel at first he did and he got two yellows for him and that was it like you know and that was it yeah mm-hmm. what uh, do you know he was unlucky in a way because the second tackle while it was probably a yellow O'Keefe went to the ground and he got a knee in the head uh, an accidental knee in the head by a Tipperary player running past him and he went down holding his head and then all of a sudden it looked a lot more dramatic Brian than, than it actually really was Yeah it happened right in front of me actually and Keith, O'Keefe was very clever now and I, I'm, I'm not saying he, he dived ran like that because you said he did get bad, but he knew the challenge was coming and he threw the ball ahead of him so that even if he was challenged, he didn't have the ball in his hand. So, worst right. case scenario, he was getting a free. Um, but the Tipperary, in fairness to their forwards, CD has brought back massive work rate. I know we saw that earlier against Clare in particular, but it was a real kind of dogged game yesterday. The first half was particularly poor. It was real stifling stuff from Wexford in particular. The whole middle third was clogged up. But the tip forwards, which we didn't see last year, every one of them were working their arses off and just constantly hooking and blocking. I think... Noel McGrath was trying to bring that energy to it but as, as Jade said yeah, look you have to learn from that it's, 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 it's kind of every ref's looking out for it at the moment and you just there's time and a place you really have to line the lad up now if you want to try and go in hard like that and you just have to hold off that little just a little bit at the moment till it probably until we get into the championship and all these things will be okay Yeah What about Tony Kelly's point lads because Donald Cusack is saying the ball's the wrong colour now it's going to be a big thing to change the colour of the ball with yeah. the tradition it's just going to be look weird if it's yeah. yellow or whatever but maybe that needs to happen because this looked like a point Yeah um, but very very hard for the umpires to tell and like a weird thing about this is that the influence of Anthony Nash personally I think that goalkeepers that try to influence umpires should get a yellow card yeah, it should, yeah, you should yeah. have no business doing that yeah. and in fairness Nash really must have believed it because John Conlon ran in to say something and he says John it was wide yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean and but you think, convince yourself when you're going like that yeah, that's yeah. It, yeah. You, have to, you have to kind of commit to the whole thing when you're doing it but look, the umpire is probably 10 yards away if it wasn't the case that Honey Kelly was 60-70 yards out the field like 
Dumper should be positioned himself even before Tony Kelly takes a shot. He's going to have to take for granted that Tony Kelly's over in the corner. He's at the, in between the 21 and the 14 that he's going to take a shot at the goal. So the umpire should be actually positioned in place before the, even Tony hits the shot. But he wasn't in place. He was moving at the same time. But if he was in place, I'd argue the point that he should be able to see it anyway. He's 10 yards away the from fella him. at the back post should yeah. see that. That's what I'm saying. Because like, yeah. Yeah. Tony Kelly's at the far side. The, the umpire at the back post should be pushing himself just to look at Tony Kelly head on and then you can see the ball coming straight over the bar but when Tony hit it then the umpire started moving and then he was in position he was in position for it you know but I'd argue the point that he should see it anyway whether it's white or yellow or black the ball he should, be, he should see the ball, yeah. the ball going over the bar I don't know have you, have you ever done it Brian umpiring like I've never done it in hurling but like I mean I imagine it's probably not that easy if the ball's going really high over the bar or like I mean or is it is it I don't know no it is tough I've, I've actually done a little bit when I was maybe a bit younger I'm just filling in for games and stuff like that but it is tough yeah but that was an audacious point by Tony Kelly he, he, he came inside the 14 yard line and uh, you know got it over I thought from one angle I looked over and from another angle uh, I thought it was wide so really really hard to tell yeah. it just shows the importance of Hawkeye like in, in the big stadiums you know uh, I know that was only Parky Rin the other night but it's, it's really important like how many times have we seen umpires get it wrong and I know as a forward there it's nothing drives you more cracked and you actually score a good, a good legitimate point, and it's way wide. Um, don't look as you know. It's, it's probably touching on something there with the yellow slitters. We use them. I remember JJ in the hurling for cancer game. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the yellow ones. It's a little bit weird when you have them at first. I know Wexford actually had a load of them in the warm up. Uh, didn't use any throughout the game, but they had a load of them in their warm up. And um, I suppose it take a little bit of getting used to. Uh, don't look as have some fair. Uh, Square ideas now when it comes to comes to hurling, but he might be too far out with this one. <laughs> Why do you think to be training with the yellow ones? Would that not be a bit weird for them? Not it could be at night. Could be the same thing. Could be training their lights. Maybe they are better under lights. I don't uh, know. Yeah, honest, but yeah. they definitely had a lot of them anyway while they were while they were. Um, while they were doing their Another thing here, just in that Clare game, uh, JJ, like um, for starters, it was like a challenge match. It was the, like, I mean, when you talk about this National League and the more important league coming up soon, and it's almost like it's a pre season tournament now. Like, I mean, Brian Cody's not even disappointed yesterday getting <laughs> hammered at home. Like, you know, none of them seem to care. So, yeah. how can anybody care? But did you see the foul by young Hayes on Jamie Coughlin as he's running through? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done So, he hooked his foot. He tried to hook his foot. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Well, he caught him though, didn't well, he? That's just the, the only body part he could hit was was his foot when, when he's going back for the hook. But uh, I'd say he was just trying to trip him for his goal through goal. He thought uh, Jamie was going to finish straight to the net, but um, he was going to take the yellow card, take the free, and get the get the um, free in. But uh, yeah, he left flyer right now. Yeah, but kind of worked because Jamie Jamie hit wide. He so hit it. He he did it. I don't think it was even a free, was it? No, you can pull back. You got a yellow card for that. Right? He pulled back. Yeah, All yeah, right, yeah, okay. got a yellow card for it, yeah. All but right. He, what do you think of this league, uh, Brian? I like I going to start bragging here and I'm going to say I completely predicted this would happen because at the preview show of last year's show, I went, "We're having a league. We're having a month's break, and then we're having a much more important league. How can the national league as it is now? I know the relegation is definitely affecting it this year, but when you look at it, uh, Brian, next year they're going to split them evenly. So you'll have Leash Offaly, you'll have Carlo, and you'll have a few weak teams always fighting for relegation. So you'll have none of the big teams ever worrying about relegation." And then all they're going to do is treat the league as like a, a Kyo Cup. Yeah, it's, it's completely a warm-up competition now and the way it's even going. I, I said it yesterday, Tip and Wexford were the only two teams that I thought were actually taking this league serious that they'd like to get a victory out. But I think Davy and his third year need something, need some silverware. And I think the same with Liam Sheedy. I think he, when he's back new, he wants silverware. Now he came out after the game yesterday and of course said otherwise, but... Um, he he get, and he's gonna be full by that because they went for that game full blooded yesterday. But um, yeah, the league now. See, it's because they've changed the length of months championship, and they're in the league stages as well. You know, it's the group group stages again. So it's yeah. had a, a massive knock on effect. Uh, you know, an easy fix in football, which we know will probably never happen, is to change the league and the championship around. Um, but in hurling, I suppose we've already done that now. Almost, you know, we have the Leinster league and the, well I won't even call it Leinster because it's almost the rest of Ireland league at this stage and then we have 
you know, the Munster League. Yeah, no, that's it. And like, I mean, when you look at it, it was always Division One A was always like Jesus. No manager wanted to go down because it looked bad. Yeah, so it gave yeah. us great games in the league, and it gave us a really intense league. Now and in next year, nobody will ever have that worry of going yeah. down. So like, you'll constantly be trying out lads and extending your panel. I'm just wondering if they're looking long term, JJ, is the solution here to go? Your combine your league and championship and go home and away and go from April until mid June and then play your all around quarter final. You know what I mean? And yeah, mix it. Or, else, or else you're just having basically January the pre season competitions, you February and March in another pre season competition yeah. where it's just look, look at Galloway this year. Look, yeah. like you know, but you'll probably see the league probably the smaller the Walsh Cups and them kind of stuff, they'll be probably done away with now. And the, Walsh the, Cups, the, yeah. the league now probably might, it might start a bit sooner than that, but um, yeah, it could be an issue there that if you the, the better you do in the league, the more home games you get in your Leinster League Championship or your Munster League Championship as well. Like you know what I mean? There has to be a carrot in front of managers to actually to let their players loose and, and actually go win the actual league competition because at the moment all managers are doing is trying to fix two or three certain key problems that they have from last year regarding positional problems or where they play a certain player as well. They're using this league as right, we'll fix A, B and C get right for the Leinster League and the Munster League and that's what we'll do if we win along the way all well and good if we lose all well and good doesn't make a difference once we solve the problems for A, B and C we'll be happy come championship again that's yeah. all it is like, you but know. like the Clare Cork game like I've seen challenge games that are more keenly contested yeah. than that yeah but it was just stop start um, the amount of freeze that the now Clare will probably have to have a look at themselves as well they had that game won they were the best team for around probably 15 minutes of that particular game but they left Cork in it like Cork only scored a point from Patrick Gordon got his first point from play in his 30 or 32nd minute they got a goal from play fair enough but that was the first point from play they just kept on fouling 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 and was needless fouls as well so that was an aspect of the game that against Kenny same story again Kevin Kelly scored one eleven, and that's a certain thing that Clare will have to address now before the championship comes because they're still fouling like that yeah. they're going to stop the whole thing like. how, how is that addressed uh, Brian is this just in discipline or they're not being coached right or how how can you like I mean obviously your tackle technique and they're just getting hands on demand too much are they over eager or what's the problem with them I think it's a combination of everything you said and then obviously whistle happy referees during the league so I think it's yeah. it, is, it is I won't say it's a huge concern but it is it is an item that they need to clean up because they have kept, they've owned the ball against a lot of teams and even the same against Kilkenny and uh, in, in Cusick Park they, they were wiping the floor with Kilkenny but you know Kevin Kelly's freeze kept Kilkenny in the game um, so it is, it is an issue. Uh, Claire, yeah, they tend to tend to overplay the ball in off locks and get fantastic scores, but they don't seem to just put teams away. That seems to be their their big issue. Yeah, they seem to be going in and out of games, definitely. Come here, we'll come back here. The big game, like I was saying, was Limerick, uh, Kilkenny in Nolan Park. We'll talk about that next. <laughs> Tough. It, it, it's tough. It's tough. There's no point in uh, paper and over like that. It is, it is extremely tough. I won't tell you, but again, it's not about me. I'm Morris or anyone else. It's about Waterford. We waited so long. I know I've seen it. One of your tweets yesterday said six years. You lost your leash, man, but it's a long six years for us there, and um, we're absolutely thrilled. Like. I remember after the final, I was, uh, I was a Tuesday morning. My nephew was out in the lawn and he was taking freeze with his socks pulled up, pretending to be TJ Reid, and uh, he fairly brought me back down to Earth that day, anyway. Jeez, JJ, that must have been difficult for you to, to watch this um, yesterday because it was 2.18 to 15 points and there were every every bit of a nine-point kind of winners in this one, even though Kilkenny were very competitive right the halfway through the first half. And then, for some reason, I don't know if this is in my own head, coming up to half-time, often teams with the win get a quick purple patch and suddenly mm. it all comes unravelled. Yeah, you can look at it, but look, you have to appreciate what Limerick do as well as a hurling team. They're a joy to watch at the moment, you know. Um, first half, did no issue regarding any of their backs from play. They can go along into the full forward link. Aaron Galan can win it in the air. He can win it on the ground. Um, second half then against the wind Limerick just had options left right and centre any one of the Limerick backs had it and he had an option runner right runner left played it through the lines or, or then hit it in long their half forward didn't come very very deep Yeah, to get any half back they didn't know what to do did it come out so far or to leave space but I think Kenny Halpackling came out and then they left Aaron Gillan one on one with Conor Lane inside in the full forward line as well and 
Limerick were so intelligent where they poked that ball as well. Like you know, so it like wasn't any half back line followed them. A majority of times, yeah, because they, like Shane Dowling was centre forward, but the amount of times he was, he was in his own half back line, just working hard, getting back to the ball. Kyle Hayes was back down the field as well, like you know, and they were just getting the ball, and then they weren't panicking when they got the ball. They'd even hit it backwards to keep possession, and then yeah. work it up through the lines, and it was just a, a joy to behold, really, to be honest with you. And then Shane Dowling came off with with one two as well, so he wasn't only working, but he was up the field scoring again as a centre back. You're kind of saying, right, if my man goes down the field I have to make sure I'm hitting ball back in centre back to justify my own position just by the reason I'm not going to follow my man but like Shane Dowling done a lot of work but he scored one too as well like you know what I mean and I'm looking for another goal as well yeah. What do you do uh, Brian because from what I saw last year the game Limerick lost was against Clare in Cusick Park and Clare didn't follow their half their half forward line and they were kind of hitting it back into Clare lads who had extra men then I thought that day like I mean is the tactic against Limerick not to follow them or follow them like, we talked about this last year it is a difficult decision Yeah I, I suppose you have to get your own half forward line to almost mirror them what they're doing so that they clog up that middle third and look you have to protect and we've seen, it, we've seen similar enough probably with Cork and Clare you know Tim O'Matney shot at centre back yet Tony Kelly scored six points at centre forward so uh, and you really do need a discipline midfield and half forward line they're, they're really the key to it that they, they're the ones coming back narrowing that space and that you know that they're doing all that work you almost you, you try to leave probably two inside at a minimum and you, you third person off your, your full forward line is probably out about 40 metres trying to trying to work hard there as well so it's it's definitely changed it's not the, it's not the same as just hurl your 15 positions and win your own ball that element of it ha- has changed and we definitely saw that in a lot uh, in Wexford yesterday. Um, so it's, 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 it's rotating, it's a lot of hard work. It's really hard on that wing forwards, but Limerick have them in abundance at the moment. Does You know, it still has, you know, you have Tom Morrissey there as well. You know, as you said, Kyle Hayes, Shane Dowling back starting this year. And, um, you know, they have a rich, rich um, panel at the moment in terms of talent. Unbelievable. Yeah, they, they actually do, and it's not—it's not just like we—we we know all the lads that weren't there yesterday. But like, I mean, Kyle Hayes playing ten instead of eleven. So now, if he wants, he can do that ten job. Shane Dowling can—it's the options mm. they have. Dowling can play fourteen. Galan can play. You know what I mean? Fourteen, yeah. if you want. And then in the full back line, obviously Finn is playing full back at the moment. Con, Con, Condon is playing great stuff. Mike Casey has to come back in there. They have options in their half back line now. Yesterday with young the McLaughlin fellow is that O'Loughlin yeah. fellow. So Dan Morrissey can show that he can play centre half back. Yeah. Like these, it's the options that they have mm. right throughout the field. And anyone, that, the great thing about having a system, JJ, and a system that everybody knows is when a sub comes into that system, he's coming into the same system. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like the system stays the same. The personnel change. It's you know a what I mean? Huge, huge thing. And yeah. the system is working for this particular group of players. And anyone that buy, all the players, the whole panel, you know, by the whole management team, the whole panel, they're all on the same him sheet. Everyone is buying into the same system. Because anyone that comes on just fills the, the jersey, they know exactly what to do. Even before they get the ball, they know exactly what to do as well. So I'd say at half time they were told, right, we're against the wind, no point in lumping the ball, back on the top of the Kenny half, half back line, work the ball through the lines. And that's what they did. They worked the ball through the lines, and then they sucked out the Kenny half back line. Then when the half back line were out, then they were pinging balls into the corner there in Galan, and he's winning every ball. The Kenny full back line, I'd say every one of them went on him, but they couldn't handle him at all. He's yeah. on top of his game at the moment. He, you know, he's hurling top level fist given hurling at the moment as well. Like, you know, he's in if he's given five bit Mary I used to um, phenomenal he probably had three or four big competitive games to get to that final as well so you know that he's on top of his game he's scoring 110 or 111 every game for Mary I as well so he's just confidence is through the roof at the moment Yeah we'll talk about him a bit in performance of the weekend but Morrissey went off at half time I thought he was cleaning out Tommy Walsh or was Morrissey start, did Morrissey start Morrissey started in the corner right now and they were kind of mixing match you know, Aaron Gillan was in the corner and he was in full forward on uh, Conor Delaney there at times as well but I think every one of them got a go on him but unfortunately they had to make a change and, and Tommy was hitting a bit of ball where Enda wasn't so I'd say they, uh, they had a curly finger to win and put a Paul Murphy back in into the full back line so they thought he might handle Aaron Galan but he had a go at him but he wasn't kind of able for him either you know? no. it was just the quality of the ball that was going in from the, the Limerick midfield half back line half forward line it was just top quality Tom Condon was interviewed after the game uh, Brian and he was asked about uh, playing Kilkenny and he, he was talking about you knowing you're going to get a real physical game against uh, against uh, Kilkenny and then he was asked something about the physicality and he said it's part of our game we like to be physical a central part of our game is our tackling our hooking and our blocking and Dermot Burns was interviewed then and he said we don't hold back from nothing 
Like, I mean, that's the truth from watching Limerick. Like, we can talk about their system and talk about their, you know, the, the, the way they never waste balls. But when the balls are on the ground, they're coming out with them. They're hooking. Like, I mean, they're great, they're great at getting a flick away when the ball is on the ground. You know, if somebody thinks they have it, you know, they're getting it up under hurl, they'll flick it. They're just getting in hurls everywhere like their intensity is yeah. massive and I don't want to bring it back to intensity but ju- maybe it's physicality and not holding back there's a real edge to them Yeah but, and you have touched on it a few times now Willie but there is no magic secret to any successful team in order to stay at the top it is down to hard work and that comes with humility and teamwork as well so you know I know they're all the buzzwords but it's the truth you know you, you look at any great team that's stayed there at the top they work harder than anyone around them and Obviously, they're hurling with confidence as well, and that's a, a key part of their game. And they're at the top now; they seem to be relishing in it. Um, Galan obviously is, is the go-to for it. He's amazing at the moment, and I know he, we'll touch on him later on. But you know, to be able to have that depth of talent that's so honest and so you know so, so hardworking as well—that's the key. And I think that's the big part from John Kiley's perspective. You know, Limerick won their All Ireland; they enjoyed it, and rightly so, they enjoyed it. Um, but they they also have just got back to back down to brass tacks and just brought what I suppose got them to the top last year. That was built on you know work rate and and um, you know using the ball intelligently. It's it, it's a full package. It's not it's not one thing or the other because you can have all we all know this. We can have all the best hurlers in the world, um, but you have to bring that other side to your game. It, it's doggy dog at county level. And John Kiley must be smiling at the moment. The only word of caution I would have is. They're so far ahead of everyone at the re- at the moment. It's such a long season. Like we're only in the middle of February. Um, you know, Galan, as you said, he's playing for Skippen there as well. To just use him as an example, he's playing week in, week out at the moment. He still has a number of Munster League games to go. Say there, you know, and, and to get through to maybe a Munster final, all Ireland semi final. It's a hell of a lot of way to go to the middle of August. It's a long year, JJ. It right, is, yeah. isn't it? When you put it that way, now yeah. they are mixing and matching a lot. Like I mean, you could list maybe seven or eight players that wasn't there, but yeah. t- to be at that high level of play right throughout the year, it doesn't happen like that, yeah. does it? And this time last year, Limerick were going very, very well, and then there a lot of those guys hurling UL Fitzgibbon, and they were only they were kind of weren't with the Limerick panel at the moment. Then the Empiricy lads this time last year weren't, and they brought a freshness when they came back to the Limerick panel. They brought a freshness back into the panel there as well, especially the Empiricy as well. So. They don't have that kick or freshness this year as well, so they're going yeah. to have to manage that. They have their full panel is there at the moment. They have no one else to come back. That's what they have now. The now it is very, be, very impressive. You'd right? rather be don't playing well than not playing well, right? No, no, it would be hundred percent there, but it just it won't happen the same as last year. You know what I mean? The, the guys coming yeah. back and just say for example, say this time last year you're on the team, you see in the dressing room, you're in the dressing room, and you see all in the Pierce lads coming in. Jeez, I'm going to have to raise my game here again because on these days they're after winning, getting to another club final, like so they're on top of their game at the moment. So I'll have to up my game again and that could have been around probably March, April when they came back in again so it's a case of they don't have they're going to have to maintain they're going to have to maintain it but they have to get bigger and bigger and bigger at grow as the, as the championship goes like the way they're hurling at the moment yeah it's beating teams at the moment but they'll have to go up again now if they want to uh, kind of retain that other championship at the yeah, moment I'm not ta- like, we're not taking from them there because they are amazing at the moment and it's just it's just something it's a different dynamic that John has to obviously manage mm. uh, I think that's the, yeah. the key to it yeah, I think the most important thing there, and from my experience, if Kylie's saying, lads, just go out there, you know, we want to see a performance, and Kylie expects them to put in that level of intensity, but I suppose Kylie needs another level to go to then when yeah. the championship comes and go, lads, you know, maybe from the speeches, maybe yeah, just. Sure, he's a standard bearer, that's what he is. We, like, we don't know. know what he's saying. If he's tearing down the restroom walls for these league games, I would say that's a mistake, John. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't think he is. No, I wouldn't say he's, he's kind of very, very level headed, and I'd say he probably left his couple of sections or coaches kind of chat away during the league, and then. And come back in when it comes championship, then he'll be the man to take that back over and bring him up another five yeah. ten. You kind of have to see that change, don't yeah. you? Yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, like I mean, Richie Hogan, Brian was interviewed at half time. Now he was it was a little bit of a dig. I thought he was trying to make, but not in a bad way. He was asked about the puckouts, and uh, Murphy was uh, going short with a few against the wind. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but he was saying, "Will they go long in the second half with the wind?" It was Michael Rice interviewing him, and Richie says, "Well, Limerick are to play. Limerick are playing with eleven defenders." so it's better to go short with the puckouts when they're doing that 
And like they probably do. Like the two midfielders will defend and the half forward line will defend. Now Waterford got really bad press for playing defensively like this. How are Limerick playing such good hurling? Is it big, is it their use of the ball when they win it back that they, they just look better where Waterford might clear it down to a man being double marked and Limerick don't do that? Or maybe Waterford drop maybe an extra man? Sweeper, it used to be tied to Borca whenever he was, you know, they had their full complement, and they literally left one person inside the forty-five. <laughs> Sometimes Morris Shannon or maybe Jake Dillon. Yeah. So it was, it was football style. Hurling Wexford are playing the exact same style at the moment. Um, whereas Limerick just dropped their half forward line deep, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, this yourself, JJ. Like that's for all proper teams. So you did that yourself, Kenny. You know, the likes of Owen Larkin yeah. and. And um, whoever, you know, could have been Marin Comfort the other half or whatever, just dropping deep and, and working hard. And there's nothing wrong with it. I think what Limerick are bringing is the fact that they work the ball back through the lines until they can get someone to give a, a, a proper ball in, a 70-30 ball inside, just, you know, to a couple of players that are moving. Whereas probably in, in uh, opposite to your style, JJ, you got the ball and you lamped it down the field and you were able to win it any way you wanted yeah, no, it's, it's a valid, valid point, yeah, because even yesterday now, against the wind, there were just 20-30 yard passes straight to hand. Everyone were straight to hand. They, were not, they weren't hitting the ground. They weren't t- that took the whole elements of, of a wet field. That took that out of consideration straight away. Straight to the hand, turn around, look. Not none up front, turn around, hand pass it off. They could hit the ball 20 or 30 yards or else they could hand pass it because there was runners off their shoulder left and right you see Tom Condon yesterday now, he's, he was hitting the ball 30 yards and he was gone he was gone again he didn't care where his man was his man wasn't following him he yeah. was there for the 1-2 the there as well and then that kind of put Tom Condon in a lot of space so he could pick out the again what Brian Leffer saying pick out the 70-30 ball they weren't lumping up the field for the sake of lumping up getting rid of it they were all very very confident on the ball and were assured of what they were doing again they were told at half time I'd say let's play it through the lines play it through the lines get their half, forward, their half back line out the field loads of space in the Far line, pinging into the corners for Ireland Glenn to win it. Yeah, that See, was Go on, that, does, that doesn't happen by chance, by the way. No, they, no. You know, it, it is games based training that they tend to be doing. You know, it's, it's well documented at this stage. You know, they, they play a lot of short possession games and, and build the styles, and that's why they're so comfortable. It just, you know, this pinging the ball around, you know, it won't just happen if you, t- you give those instructions. So, um, you know, you have to give them credit from that perspective, and Knurk is there. and we obviously know he, he did a lot of that with Clare back a couple of years ago so it, it, as I said it's not by chance well that's it so like here's two examples and this is what I think separates uh, Limerick so obviously Galan got a lovely ball I think it could have been from Tom Condon or someone and he laid it off to Kyle Hayes and it, I think it was Murphy that hit the post within right. the first half so that was a warning so if Hayes is dropping as deep how is he getting up to get that offload off him? And like, I mean, in the second half then, Tom Morrissey, he dropped deep, gave a lovely diagonal ball um, across to Galan again, who put it across to Shane Dowling in the middle. I remember he batted it over his head for a goal. Now, if Shane Dowling is dropping so deep, how is he there across from Galan? You know, yeah, it's, a, it's not, it's they're not, not a, going at one time. No, they're it's not just, going at the one time. very, very clever what they do, you know. Yeah. The half far lane, probably one might go deep or go to midfield and Darrell Dunham goes back in the half back lane. Yeah. So then Shane Dowling is always an option for a, a kind of sharp ball. There's no because Waterford half forward line was never getting up that. Cl- you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. There's something Limerick are doing smart here that yeah. they're get, they're not all dropping at the same time. Or they're I, I don't know. Like the a, big thing of that when you play the ball into a full forward line, you need the ball to stick inside there. So Aaron Galan is obviously the ideal go-to man in there. He wins the ball, and then he either has an option of shooting himself or have the runners off Kyle Hayes. So his his role is is hugely important in this Limerick team because if he doesn't win that ball, then it doesn't matter where the runners are, the ball is going back down the field. Again, so again, if you're looking at, brings that as well, in fairness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're looking at if I was kind of managing the team to go go uh, tackle Limerick in the morning. Aaron Galan is the lad you'll have to focus on trying to stop him. Yeah, like trying to win the ball, bring him that prime possession of him. Like no, he definitely does. Well, spe- speaking of what you were talking about, Woolley coming from deep, it's the, it's the one time you can actually lose your half back. That's what I find. Um, if you drop deep, you know the centre back maybe makes a decision to actually sit in the pocket. So they've concentrated on the ball there. So it's it's the one time where you can actually lose your man and, and maybe ghost in around the back, or you know you can make a run, draw a half back. Your wing forward can make the run. You know, so it, it's a lot of movement. Um, 
but it comes back down to a lot of fitness and fairness. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of there. I, w- I was going yeah. to say that Tom Morrissey, Hegarty, Kyle Hayes, yeah. these lads' GPS numbers must be crazy stuff because, yeah. like, a, they, they seem to be all over. That wouldn't suit me now, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> the, the modern half forward might not suit you uh, too well, Brian. No more. No, no, more. no definitely not. Throw it out and I'll put over the bars. <laughs> <laughs> the lads, I, I heard you digging at me a few uh, sessions ago, JJ. I meant to say that to you, Brian, all right. Himself and uh, Damien had a dig about you not going into any of these rocks. <laughs> That's now, from experience, but you know that. To talk either. He was well able to hang out himself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I made a career in it. I make no apologies to anyone. You know? Joe, ah, yeah, Joe yeah, Brady yeah. made you up in Cool Larry's side, didn't he? <laughs> well, it, well, the way, the way, he made money the man John yeah he did the way, the way I look at it Brian you need one man thinking when ten other men are rooting in around there you need one man to be standing out going here when's this going to pop out to it's me like Shane Dowling for the goal yesterday as well, well uh, yeah, Ball came in he was unlucky not to get the first break but Aaron Glenn won it and the hand passed it off but he made the run there was three or four lies go for the one ball he stood out he was waiting for the break around he didn't get it still continues running around the, the defenders Aaron Glenn front of him and he finished it yeah. I mean that's just, just absolutely brilliant it's a natural forward's thinking like, if you put a back up in the forward yeah. what he'd do he'd run up and try and catch the ball up there he wouldn't stand out for the break but it's just a natural it's kind of a goal scorer's instinct really more than anything yeah no it definitely does but well, there's it. six inches between a slap in the back and a kick in the arm yeah. in that situation because when you hang out and you get the ball and you roof it in the net you're the greatest man to slice bread and look at that for movement and you know anticipation and then if the ball's clear down the field you know why aren't you in the rooks you know get in there you know you're only hanging out like so like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't so yeah, I will it's like, a look too like yeah I definitely like the hanging outside one I definitely <laughs> like that get the, get the, I'll get the I'll hand pass back out come here quickly uh, JJ I want to talk about Kilkenny now obviously we have to keep saying this is the league and it's not panic stations it's very rare you see Kilkenny getting dominated like mm. that at home I know Clare were hammering them but Kilkenny came back la- was it last year or the year before yeah. but like you very rare you'd see them now, everyone says, oh, Kilkenny are missing lads and the Ballyhale lads. And then you're looking at Ballyhale and sure, who's guaranteed outside of TJ Reid and Colin Fennelly? Guaranteed starters now. Yeah, Colin Fennelly yeah. was on and off last year, but I suppose he'll be a guarantee this year when he's a full year hurler. Yeah, yeah. Killian Buckley's missing. Yeah. Now, they're definitely missing panel members, but are they missing first teamers outside of those three? I suppose, look, at any point of view, you have to look for positives yesterday as well. Um, Parry Wells started his first game, he's out wing back and he, he had a lot of ball, in fairness to him. Um, Walter Wells when he was centre forward I thought he, he disrupted Limerick a lot in the first half I think it was kind of a mistake putting him in I know what they were trying to do in full forward and lump high ball and from Owen Murphy poking down the top into the full forward but it didn't really work out that well because Limerick were just spiling him breaking it and then they were, again as what you said Reeves they're in on the break and they're coming out with the ball um, again you look at Richie Latt got three points from play you have to look at these I'm a big fan well. of Richie Latt yeah nice, nice, nice hurler right? but then if you look at it first 20 minutes I think it was 7-6 and Kevin Kelly missed a free Walter Welsh missed uh, a chance from open play Richie Latty missed a chance from open play you could have put him 3 or 4 points ahead of that percentage. but then what switched around was Limerick up their game then they got 2-3 before half time look again Limerick could have went, to, would have went on and won the game anyway but the 3 opportunities to take, take strikes at the goal and, and they missed the 3 of them as well so against a t- team like Limerick they're going to have to kind of have to take that you have to you've no choice in the matter you have to take it but from positives from any point of view like you're looking at Parig back and Walter Welsh back in hurling strong again like you know so Again, we're trying to look at players. It's pity Hugh Lawler wasn't playing there yesterday to see against top last opposition. Yeah. See how he would have gotten down. He must have been injured. He wasn't even on the panel yesterday, so he must have been injured. So be looking forward. Hopefully, he'll be back for, for next week's game as well. But yeah, look again. It's a learning curve for, for these players as well. And um, like Richie Latty, James Maher and and uh, John Donnelly, all these lads they have to take something out of that game. And they were lacking a bit of bite up front, though, weren't they? they? Were, they didn't have yeah, any kind yeah. of dan- as much danger. Really. No, he didn't even look. We didn't even look like a, um, entertaining going near anywhere near the goal. Like you know, no. I don't think Nicky Bell had. A, a shot to save so at that point of view it's very very disappointing but um, look a lot to work on already but again look again it's not the full team either but you can only so long you can say that there as well so you'd rather be a lot more competitive but in case of Limerick could have been by uh, one stage it was going for a record defeat now from Kenny at home there at one stage but they look they battle back again the one thing that Kenny will always do is go to the final whistle but they're going to have to be I think they're going to penetrate a lot more for the goal really more than that you know so that's that's where we'll have to kind of up the game a lot Yeah okay great stuff lads we'll come back with Paddy Power performance of the weekend <laughs> My mother, Lord Mercena, she's dead. She's eight years this year. She never saw me hurling live, but she always went to the matches to the hotel. 
the two finals and we got off the bus after the first one and the first person to meet me was my mother and she said, look, what's meant to be is meant to be. She said, keep the head up. I said, grand. No problem, man. Thanks. 96, back to the hotel again, first person <laughs> off the bus, my mother. She says, ah, look, what's meant to be? I said, ma'am, will you give it a fucking ride? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paddy Power Performance Weekend. We're going to start with Dermot O'Keefe, midfield for uh, Wexford. Wing back an awful lot the last few years, but he's moved to midfield. I think he actually moved to midfield last year um, as well. He scored three points from play, Brian. You were down at this one. Like, I mean, he seems to revel in this kind of a broken up kind of game, which Wexford are like the ultimate spoilers, aren't they? They'll make the game, they'll dog it and they'll make it kind of no flow to it and that's how they'll beat you. Yeah, um, actually, Dimmer Keith probably started out with a forward, actually, and there was a probably mistake by Davy putting him back, playing wing back, but not necessarily concentrating on the defensive team. He's known that they have a sweeper and ghosting up the field and finding himself in a bit of space um, and popping off for a couple of points. Um, I suppose he's moved up now to midfield uh, with Sean Murphy probably playing in that half-back role with it, with their new sweeper then. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's really elusive. He's, he, he loves that sort of... You know, breaking onto the loose ball, he always pops in with two or three points, and he did the same yesterday. He got the point that, that drew it up. He just gone off with a blood sub, and, and um, came and got that third point. But yeah, speaking on Wexford style, uh, absolutely horrible to watch from a neutral perspective. I have to say, um, it's borderline football tactics. I'd say it's more than borderline at this stage. And I know Davy will uh, will argue, you know, results and all that sort of thing, and you can't argue with that. They're after beating. Um, Cork and draft are beating tip so there, there's there's nothing wrong with it and he makes it into a dogged game he stifles the middle third in particular makes it really really awkward on the opposition but uh, no, at the same time I can't say I'm a fan of it it's horrible to watch What about this young lad at centre forward uh, Casey is it he got the 1-1 one, one. does he? how does he look yeah, under 21 I knew nothing about him I have to say and um, you know he was small elusive finished the goal well um, a, a breakaway um, from a Wexford perspective got inside the Tipperary defence um, all the tip um, players got dragged towards the throw-in and Ian Byrne came through and hand-passed off to um, to Casey and in fairness to James Barry he did what any good full-back would do he buried him um, he buried uh, Ian Burns so he wasn't going any further but Casey he couldn't but finish really and uh, he scored another really good point after that um, hilariously he had a free then um, he had a free reasonable enough free maybe 40 yards out uh, fairly central and went to take it and slipped looked like he nearly twisted his ankle when taking the free and uh, hit it wide and uh, he, he looked to be in a bit of trouble and got taken off after that but you know for his debut 1-1 one, one, you'd be very happy with yourself in Jeez, that yeah. Uh, yeah. context of the game but just on Wexford I don't want to be negative about Wexford because it was a brilliant home win and they've recovered brilliantly after the first round but like I mean is the only change to their system this year is actually changing the personnel of the sweeper Brian because it looks to me like in the last two all quarter quarterfinals they've gone down without even a fight they've just been very well beaten um, wasn't it Clare last year and Waterford yeah. the year before like yeah. they didn't look at the races yeah. and then you're thinking like are they going to move on with this same system and is changing and it only by the, the different fella doing the sweeping Have we, are we seeing anything different yeah, for and I, no not, we're not seeing anything different and I know David will point to results and he'll say right they had eight different scorers yesterday Ian Burnley scored six points from three so they had seven different scores in play and they'll point at all those sort of things and defensively they're very sound and, and instructed and David will say he's working within the, 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 you know, the remit or the players that he has but they won three under-21 Leinsters in a row these are no mugs now you know they brought on Rory O'Connor and Lee Chin yesterday obviously they'd be Stonewall starters later in the year but Conor McDonald's inside and he barely touched the ball like for never 60, touches the ball for 70, yeah 70 minutes like you know, he's the most high-profile hurler I've seen at the moment, and he's not—you know—he's not scoring really, being honest, because no. he's not getting any balls. To be fair to him, and it's—you it's, know—it's—it's it's, it's tough watch, it's a tough ask. I, you know, um, but look, I know Davy, you're not allowed to say anything negative about because he, he'll be able to point to all the positives. But the Wexford crowd are still behind him at the moment. Um, they're hugely passionate down there. There was a big crowd, six six thousand seven hundred, and they really got behind the team and they erupted when they when they won. Um, yesterday uh, there was no one telling you it was only the league yesterday in Westford Park I can tell you that No that's the thing you see he will point to these league games um, JJ but league games are league games yeah. and like you've got Clare floating into yeah. a game or Cork or Tipperary now I think Tipperary probably still wanted to win that so it was yeah. a good win but the acid test 
is in the big games yeah. and in quarterfinals they've gone now terribly yeah. badly so like if I was the manager say I might change it up this year and like I, I don't I, I'm not a tactician in hurling but I'd definitely do something different yeah but even the two teams that lost it was Waterford and Clare the last in championship the last couple of years the two of them are absolutely brilliant at playing a sweeper system they actually play a small bit themselves so obviously when Wexford have a sweeper they're giving a sweeper back to their opponents yeah. as well and so Waterford played it very very well and so did Clare Clare are very very comfortable playing we've seen that in the Ireland semi final last year or the semi final first game the last year that they actually had to go back to sweeper system against Galway so they were very very comfortable playing that as well They've, that tactic works against teams that are not comfortable playing against the sweeper system they all are now really it, it should be it should be so stout of years ago, yeah. didn't it? it should be training if you're going knowing you're going to be playing Wexford in championship you should be playing training in, in, with a sweeper yeah. to play them against them like you know what I mean because that's what you're going to come up against now maybe he can use it this year as flip that reverse people are not expecting him to change maybe he will go ahead and change his come championship we don't yeah. know You know, it'd be a great tactical move for him because everyone expects him to play the sweeper if he, he goes 15 and 15 against Offaly. did uh, he? a do or die game in the Leicester championship he went more or less uh, you know you're, you're up, straight up 15 and um, they hammered Offaly the same day but he reverted back to a game in, in big games so yeah. um, but didn't he famously do that with Clare he was playing a sweeper all year until all they played Ireland. Cork and yeah. they didn't play the sweeper Like so he was he was always known as a real flexible tactic tactician Davy, and you kind of went jeez you don't know what he's going to do today and now all of a sudden he's become unbelievably predictable Brian yeah again look I think maybe he's trying to draw us all in and you know maybe for that one game where he's going to get them over the line in another quarter final or whatever or Leinster final where it gets them over the line but um, you know they've, they've really good hurlers to be fair to them and even down the centre you know they've the likes of you know Liam Ryan Matthew Hanlon now Liam Ryan wasn't playing yesterday but they've Matthew Hanlon obviously they've Sean Murphy you know as I said Lee Chain Roy O'Connor Conor McDonald Dermot O'Keefe these guys are household names they are you know they're top class players yeah and there's a couple of real Tigers backs then as well a sweeper system to me I, look I'm, I, I'm just totally against it so I am probably biased from that perspective and I know it has times maybe that I need to play it and all that but to me you're just more saying look I, I don't think my backs are good enough and um, you know I don't trust them inside to handle the, the opposition's forwards and we're going to try and keep it as tight as possible that's just my own personal view so I, I, I'm totally against it Yeah I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit more um, throughout the year Tom Condon lads big fan of Tom Condon on the show um, uh, you're backing up now, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian suggested I should do a G a jackass with Tom Condon. He's a hardy whore. I wouldn't come out like. But it's not just the point he scored in the first half. Now, this, like, I mean, when you think about this, is credible because Tom Condon, looking for me, is an old school hurler, and he's from the era when we all would have started, or ye would have started, because I didn't play. But you're getting it down there. So he comes out the field as a cornerback and he sticks over one of the best points you'll see in a long time on the run, right? And he's the confidence to do that. And there's no way he would have done that five years ago. But I thought the most incredible part of Tom Condon was in the 67th minute. So he got this beautiful catch, uh, JJ, and an inspirational type catch, which got a big cheer in which I'd say every part of Tom Condon just wanted to launch it. <laughs> he didn't. He knocked the ball into the ground out to um, Dan Morrissey, yeah, yeah. Uh, who cleared it up, who put it on a lovely ball down the field. I just like thought in my head just how far he's been yeah. ev- developed in a, as a player under this new system and yeah. it's just like it's, it was it was a great thing to watch yeah, Tom Condon he's putting the team before your own individual performance that's what it is I suppose John Kiley probably the manager he probably is probably will go to Tom Condon that's absolutely a brilliant catch you're going to give him the credit for that but he done the best thing for the team like he could hit down the field hit six yards but you might just hit it back to Kenny person and then he might hit it over the bar and your catch is forgotten about a then. waste like, of time know, a waste of time yeah but he's seen the best man in the best position and Look again. You look at this Limerick team. That's what they're doing all over the field. Like you know, not just Tom Condon doing it. We're all doing it. They don't mind who scores. Once Limerick scored, they're happy enough, and that's even echoed in the half hour line working back down the field. Once they get the ball, they're going to hit it up. Once Limerick scored, they're happy enough too. But that's the team he's lost at the moment, and they're hugely, supremely confident at the moment now. You know, kind of way. So it's um, it's huge thing for Limerick now as well. It's an exciting year ahead for him. Well, that's the thing. And Brian, like I mean, this is then you hear. Look, maybe Davy doesn't trust his defenders, or you know, like different managers and as you put trust in even Tom Condon now I don't want to be anyway harsh on Tom Condon but I'm only using him as an example because he's not from an era of this hurling he's not like Keen Lynch coming up through these under tw- under 21s and it's like second nature to them that you can coach a player to b- become a completely different player if you actually try Yeah but yeah of course I agree with you if you actually try and, but at the end of the day he's an inter-county hurler and you expect that like Intercounty hurler is an excellent club hurler. They have that. They have that little bit. 
that's ahead of everyone else, they should be able to adapt their game to see fit. Just as you said, maybe the message that they've received over time has been different. But you know, if you change that message in training and you know that's what's expected of you, I, I think every player should be able to adapt their game. Uh, you know, within a, a reasonably short space of time, because you know that's it has to be a constant message during training. And you know, as I said, it's not by chance this is happening. This is the constant message in training, week in, week out. And he knows that catch would have been for nothing, and he would have been probably pulled up um, for actually not using the ball, probably immediately by the players themselves for not using the ball well. And and that's when you know you're at your best as well, JJ. You can definitely attest to this. Is when players are almost self-policing, and and you know the message is there across the board. And uh, you know it's not a, a, a culture of blame or anything, but it's that culture of you know you're trying to constantly improve with every single ball that you have. Yeah, they definitely seem to have that. Aaron Galan, we've touched on him there. Like I mean, the point where he had lost it, and then I think it was Tommy Walsh was ahead of him, and he chased him down, and he got the ball away from him, and knocked him out of the way, and came in cut on the end line. Like he'd no right to win that at all like yeah. I mean he has a he has a right bit of cutting in him that, has, which we yeah. like to say don't, doesn't he any time he wins the ball or wins a free or something he go on and he give the corner back an old jab as well like you know to let him know that yeah, yeah. I'm after to win a free off you as well it's great supremely confident at the moment you know what I mean It's but all good forwards have to have that as well like you know you need that self-belief and he believes any ball that comes into his area at the moment he's going to win it and look he's backing it up at the moment like he's on top of his game I think he's after going on another step from last year again um, so look it's only be interesting to see can he maintain that again it's, it's only what February and we're kind of I know he's a lot of hurling done in February alright but he's going to have to maintain that and improve that throughout the year like you know so it's going to interest to see is he going to go on an upper yeah. level like. and, and you see it in the football as well and it does have to be put into context that the lads at Fitzgibbon and yeah. Sigerson level are at championship pace yeah, now moment, where other yeah. lads are just yeah. coming back and trying to get into it Brian so like I mean it's very obvious the lads that are at that level really when you see league games in both hurling and football Definitely. I'm, I'm just surprised Kylie isn't maybe mind them a little bit more at the moment and we're seeing a little bit less game time from because, you know, they're they're into another Fitzgibbon Cup final. I know it's nearly at the end, but, you know, he's had a huge couple of weeks now. He's on fire, don't get me wrong, but, you know, there's a lot of other hurlers that could be trying at the moment, but I suppose, he, you know, John wants to set his stall out early from a Limerick perspective. But, JJ, I have left you. You know, you're, you're praising... Um, Aaron Galland there for giving it to the corner back or pull back. Like, you'd, you'd have took that well yourself. Well, right, yeah. took it and said nothing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like you did the ball is at the end of the field. Yeah, boxing the head off on the ground. <laughs> so Shane Dowling then as well. Oh, he's getting in with the Lauer, the Lauer Corbett. What happened with you and Lauer that day? Uh, you so just retaliation is all it was. <laughs> well, to be fair, that was out of character for the two of you. You must yeah, have been riled r- 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 up into a frenzy. Got the boat was looking away. Did it? Yeah. Went to the early showers when to get down. <laughs> the bank on the weekend there. you want to get out to the pub before the rest of that was a sensational evening I, was, I, never, I actually remember I was down in Ken Mayer watching I was down in Ken Mayer for the weekend and I was in a lad's house and I said I'm not going down to the pub till this match is over yeah. do you know what I mean it was just like one of the, you kind of remember where you were it was such I a was big in the pub before you were, you, were <laughs> <laughs> you were probably having one with Larry no one Larry, no one Larry Corbett yeah. um, Shane Dowling so he got one too he was outstanding yeah. like I mean when you look at his physique and the jersey and you think he might be carrying a little bit but like I mean he's all over the field that's just his build and yeah. like I mean I don't like the idea that he can't fit into this system like, Shane Dowling can fit into any system yeah, really because yeah. he just has it he just has it he has it upstairs and he has it in the wrists yeah well, I love about Shane Dowling he's never caught in a tackle Anytime he gets the ball, he's very, very elusive. He can go right or left. He never engages in the tackle either. Like you know what I mean? He doesn't put himself in the position so a defender can bottle him up. Right. You'd rarely see him getting bottled up. Either. So he gets he can rid hit of off it. The back foot. Yeah. Either he gets rid of it or is he can he eludes the defender. Like he's, right. he's great kind of sidestep and a great turn. He's a turn of pace as well. He has in Ferriston, but he, the way I liked him as well, he was very unlucky for a goal in the second half. But whereas a lot of forwards would have throw it up and started striking but he hit it up and batted it yeah. he's unfortunately he's traded on Murphy oh, Murphy made a good save but he's just all the tricks in, in the locker as well like you know he's a fabulous hurler and then a lovely he, flick in the second half and Paddy Deegan got a yellow for tackling him oh, remember yeah. he just, just flicked, flicked it, it on I think there, it was Tom yeah. Ryan or yeah. something like just, he, just, he sees two steps ahead like you know he yeah. just, he's, he's a natural forward in fairness to me yeah, yeah. no definitely uh, Tony Kelly we want to have to talk about this lads and Tony Kelly scored two from playing the first half four from playing the second half so I don't Tony Kelly's a regular appearer in performance yeah. of the weekend so we don't need necessarily have to talk too much about Tony Kelly or how brilliant he is because we know that already it was Tim O'Mahony now 
Is there shadow boxing going on here, lads? Because you have to remember Cork and Clare are rivals in Munster. They're going to play each other in Munster. How much of this, Brian, do you think is shadow boxing? Because to me, it would have made no sense to give Tony Kelly the freedom of the park like they did. Yeah, and Tim O'Malley's trying to find these probably feet of centre back for Cork as well, and they need to they need to cement uh, a centre back there. But you're, I fully agree with you. I think that is shadow box. I think Cork were trying to figure out well, what's Clare's system. I think Tipperary did that earlier in the league in the Munster Hurling League final, and then they learnt their lesson and and they sorted it out in two weeks later in the first round of the league. But maybe they've shown their hand now for for Munster Championship. So. There, there certainly is an element of it. I think Cork are just going through the motions. They'll be happy they got the win the other night. They, they won't want to have had um, no points after after three games. But at the same time, they are looking for those couple of extra players, particularly in the defence. Um, and you know, I, I think Cork they're they're kind of they're gassed that way. They never take the league too serious, um, and it's all about building towards that championship. And you know, you've said it a few times. You know, middle of summer, ball hopping off the ground in Turles. That's that's when they come to their four, but. Um, you know, at the moment, I think they definitely need to find a couple of defenders. Tim O'Matney, I think, is who they're looking at strongest there from that centre half back position. Yeah, not I actually thought you had a good second half, Tim O'Matney, to be honest with you. I know it's a funny right. thing to say that Tony Hill got four points, but he came in, thundered into the game that last 10 15 minutes. He scored a pint himself, he won a free for Patrick Hogg to score a pint. But I think Cork's bigger problem is the full back position. Yeah. John Collin scored about three or four points, but he's beaten Damien Catalan at his ease, and that was man to man. It wasn't a case of like, Damien was holding position and he was letting John Collin go yeah. off. That was he was trying to mark him man to man, and John Collin has made hay off against Cork down through the, the last couple of years as well. Like. He cleaned the same man out in Turles in the Munster final last year. I think that's a bigger issue that Cork have to address now. If they go play clear and in a championship later on the year, that's one thing they have to address. Right. More than Tim and Manny and that's and a forward, Willie. If you can actually get that edge on your on your back, and you don't actually fear who you're marking, you do. You tend to relish in that sort of thing, um, you know. So John Conlon definitely feels he's the measure of Catalan. So I think Cork have, have much bigger issues in their back line than, than than in their forward line. And I know they've brought in Ed Walsh up front, and they're looking at Alan Cadigan coming back in as well. But I think it's in their back line that they have much bigger issues. With McDonald back now, you could play Spillane full back now, and he'd be a tiger. Spillane has a bit of size about him; like he's yeah, he's he'd, strong. He is he's strong. strong right? Yeah, yeah he, he could do a man marking job, all right, yeah, on him. But yeah, they're going to have to look at it because any time that Clare played Cork over the last few years, and John Conlon is after scoring a lot, like yeah, you know, he's and he seemed to be at his ease there the other night there as well. Like Cahalan's not just a marker; he's he's in there because he's a big fella. He's yeah. not even a natural full back, is yeah. he? He's always a, a centre back or a midfielder. He would be, yeah, he likes to get the ball and run with it a lot, yeah. but. Look, if he doesn't get the ball, he can run with it. You're not a kind of so. Patrick Horgan is in here, lads, only because he scored 16. Like, I mean, he got 15 of them from freeze, but it's just completely wrong not to have a fella who scored 16 points in performance at the weekend. Uh, Myler said about him after the game, he says, that's what Horgan's there for. He wasn't even getting uh, <laughs> carried away with 16 points. He's a fantastic free taker, he said. Brilliant hurler. Patrick Horgan wasn't anything outstanding. He, like, I mean, he, he gave Brown a lot. Won Brown a, gave Brown a bit of a torrid did, time. Yeah, yeah, but like, if you're looking at the Cork forwards, you have to kind of him and Lehan and the two lads. You kind of well, him and Shane, the three of them, Harry, Lehan, and, and Horgan. They're three lads you have to focus on. But yeah, kind of Jack Brown. He had him in a, a bit of bother. Jack Brown was fouling a lot, like you know. But um, you just you know if you give away a free against him, that's why Clare should have known known going into the game that we look we can foul him. Let the other Cork forward shoot at the goal if the score all well and good. You know, like it's not the end of the world for shoot at the, at the goal but if you put him under pressure you might have a chance of putting him off but if you foul him he's going to score every day like you know from, from 75 yards out he's going to score like you know he's a fantastic striker the ball yeah he's a fantastic striker Willie Dunphy got two goals lads he has to get a mention I have to get a leash lad in here um, but now that you mention uh, brilliant strikers Cahill Mannion got four points from midfield um, he was outstanding he's been in this before he's definitely thrown them a, another dynamic the only thing I'd be wondering about JJ is if you've got Cahill Mannion and David Burke whose both strengths are bombing forward and scoring and they're very accurate who's doing the hold man job uh, David that, Burke would sit back now could he yeah that? he sits back in front of his half back line regularly you know what I mean he, he would be comfortable he, he could play centre back or wing back he's very comfortable on the ball himself yeah. but if he if, I suppose if he was with Cahill Mannion I'd say he would be the He'd defensive no midfielder yeah. and Cotton Mannion would be going forward all right. and then to give an option put Johnny Cohen back in the corner where he started his career as well like, you know what I mean because yeah. they need to find a couple of backs Galway need to find a couple of backs up front there's no issues regarding that you know, because they have shooters all over the field but I think they need a couple of wing backs maybe a couple of corner backs just for competition in places as well because I think that's where they, they, they found um, they found trouble there last year in the, in the, in the final because 
look, centre back was in, McInerney was injured. No point in saying any different. He had no hurling coming up to it and yeah. didn't have anyone to start instead of him, you know. Wasn't it interesting, lads? We only could see highlights of this that McInerney was picked at left half back and Mannion was picked at centre half back. Another experiment in Brian, but I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought McInerney would be uh, a wing more much of a wing back. Yeah, but he's well, he's just big and elusive and he's going to shut down that area as well it's similar to what Tom Morrissey does for uh, Limerick uh, or Dan Morrissey sorry Dan Morrissey. Um, so you know he, he's just such a strong um, individual and, and Park Mannion has it all you know he's able to get up the field he's able to defend he's he's just probably in a rich vein of form as well you know he was up there for hurler of the year last year and he's continued into this year and he's had every game in the league so far at centre back so uh, maybe just looking at, at the options long term and uh, what they have because if McInerney did get injured you know they have to have a viable alternative there uh, who can actually slot into centre centre back and I think that's what happened last year essentially is that they just were at sixes and sevens when McInerney wasn't available Yeah, they're trying loads of different options that's very obvious Quickly before we finish lads Maddie Kenny did a Mourinho on it in that game I was looking at it he brought on David Tracy for Whiteley after 21 minutes he brought on Liam Rush for um, Hitherin I can never I won't be able to pronounce his name even though Michael Carton told me how to do it last, last Thursday I was just looking at it there going oh shit I forget what Michael said <laughs> when he brought he brought Rush on for him after after 26 minutes and Donald Burke came on for O'Connell who was in, in midfield after 35 minutes so like yeah. I mean it's always like a real statement of intent from a manager when they do stuff like that isn't it JJ yeah, it's like it is, Jesus yeah. it's really giving you the kick up the arse when, yes. you're, when you're coming off that early switching three lads are going off when you're on the field it's right. I could be the next lad going off here now fairly quick you know what I mean so you'd, the rest of the lads that are still on the field it's a bit of relief that they're not gone because obviously as a team they weren't in Hurlowell I think they only won one or one two scored at that particular stage and the yeah. goal was in the first few minutes so they didn't have have, obviously they weren't hurling well so any one of the 15 could have went you know that kind of way so look, credit to them they battled back but seemed to be Galway were at their, at their reason or near the end of that game yeah definitely I don't, get, I don't get that approach though Willie because you know I, I know you can say it's all shadow boxing and it didn't really matter but I think Dublin need to be making more inroads into that game yesterday because you know no disrespect but they're like you know they've played awfully and they've played Carlo you know Galway was their, you know the two big games they've Galway and Watford in this league so you should be throwing the kitchen sink at them and what's the point bringing these players on after 20 minutes or 30 minutes when if they're there available sure start them and, throw, and go at Galway for all that all you can and learn as much as you can with, with your first 15 so I don't kind of get that approach um you know, from, from that perspective. Yeah, well, I'm hoping to get him onto the show on um, Thursday. He was supposed to do last Thursdays, but then they were playing Galway, so we postponed it until this Thursday. So I'll ask Matty Kenny about that. Right, performance of the weekend winner is Tom Condon. So I have to make it up to Tom after <laughs> one or two things I might have said. It would have been a hard, a hard show. So um, I'm not sure if Tom listens to the podcast. Probably not. But like, I mean, um, if you if you are listening, Tom, you're we're, you're I'm back in your good books. There's uh, Paddy Power. <laughs> pair of lucky pants on the way down um, oh, to sorry. you. Oh, so his pants you're going to say no, no, That's JJ Delaney, Tom. That's JJ Delaney, not me. Right, listen, that's no, all. No, JJ's at the other end of the field. <laughs> <laughs> this, disclaimer from Brian Carroll, nothing got to do with any comments. <laughs> Jeez, you're all afraid of Tom. Jeez, I'm looking forward to meeting Tom someday. Um, right, that, that's always time for, we'll be back on Thursday with a preview show as usual. We'll talk to you then. Good luck. I started running, I suppose I didn't stop and when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just I'm delighted that the lads the lads did it for the people of Walford today because like I, I'm hard I'm hard The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.